bought a mic. Ooh. We bought a... Hello there. A moo-moo? Good evening. We... We bought a cow. Buttermilk biscuits. Yeah. Yeah, I want more of those. Yeah. Yeah. Love triangles? We bought... And the cakes. An oily cake, that's what it is. <laughs> mm. We bought a mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Bought a Sweet, Sweet Mic. I have a question for you guys. Uh, of the three of us, if we were in the same kind of triangle of leads that we see in First Cow, uh, which one of us would be the cow, and why would it be me? Oh, are you a sweet little little sweet milky little. boy? Yeah. Wow. Drew often just comes up to me in the middle of the night, just like, "Hey, girl, mm-hmm. how you doing there?" Mm-hmm. As he's just slowly pull- reached pulling down. on my teats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be you because like you have udders and they're milkable. It's really you. I, for some. Yeah, you're begging I, the question. I, for some reason, I just pictured myself as the squirrel that got squashed by the <laughs> the stone trap. Mm. No need to dive into why you imagine that. <laughs> hey, welcome to We Bought a Mic a Pop Culture Podcast. We're here. We made it past 200. Let it be a new beginning. You know, right here on the show. Hashtag the three friends. That's what everybody calls us. <laughs> And uh, if you look on Twitter right now, it is already trending. Yeah. Lost the tres three friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. Hey. Skimbleshanks? Oh, the no, railroad cat? The no. cat on the railway no, train? No, I thought, no, I thought no. he I'm left not after gonna 200. Do it. I'm not going to do it, you guys. I'm Drew. It's a retired bit. You, you, can't, you can no longer be Skimbleshanks. I mean, I yeah. thought we, it was retired last week. We strangled Skimbleshanks after he made an appearance in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Skimbleshanks is a lot like Michael Myers, though. Like, if, if you don't see him <laughs> getting actively gonna, dismembered. Yeah, we're like, going to reboot. Brother, you got, you got another <laughs> thing coming next week. Oh man, I I now I want to see that. Let's put Skimbleshanks in a fucking schlocky ass horror movie, just slicing up mice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not talking about that today. Today we're talking first cow. Finally, after putting it off, we had to do. We bought a zoo. Couldn't couldn't put that one off any longer. That's on you, the listeners who were clamoring us. Begging us, please do we bought a zoo, please. We did. We bought a zoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it went okay. We're, we're pleased to tell you. It went fine. We got a cow too. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we didn't buy that motherfucker. <laughs> we should just become an animal-centric podcast. Let's just only talk about animal-centered movies. Stuart Little. That's mm, that's a good that's one. That's 300. Don't don't spoil it. Snow like, dogs? Oh, absolutely, Yo, dude. Ape below. Ape below is Paul Walker, right? Um, I think you're thinking of Fast and Furious. No, I I think Ape below is Paul Walker. No, I think you're right. Um, don't want to do believe that. One. You. I'm not going to challenge you on that because I. Who knows? Let's let's just make a, a podcast all about the Iditarod. Why did I immediately? <laughs> why do you? In my did I immediately go to like Arctic dog movies? Three oh dudes. God, <laughs> that's the main one. Is we have to do Arctic dogs. Let's be three guys from Florida who have seen snow maybe a handful of times in our lives talk about the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. Every week we have a new Iditarod movie. Yeah. And then like, you know, 
We we retired the we'll, pod after. We'll about call 10 it minutes. instead of We Bought Mike, we'll change our name to I Did a Rod. Oh, oh nice. We did yeah. it. We did a rod. <laughs> we well, rod. speaking of Arctic dogs, Jeremy Renner going for the EGOT at the Grammys mm-hmm. and the Emmys. Is this true? <laughs> Are people saying this? I was that was a stretch of a <laughs> transition yeah, I don't there. About that. <laughs> I liked it. You wanna make me a believer. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know. <laughs> Yep. I've been playing by the rules. <laughs> well, so this is going great. So we've far, been looking guys. for a new direction to pivot in. We are just working it out right here live on podcast. This for is you what guys, happens so. when you, you make me watch movies that make me like consider my own mortality in real time. I <laughs> yeah, I lose. No, all we literally just saw red. First Cow, and uh, it's a doozy, guys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get to it. I'm too contemplative. I can't get out of the wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I am glad, though, that like we are going into this review cold because sometimes I like read up a lot. Oh, I didn't know shit about this. Movie. On Like, you know, like reviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. Haven't read shit before this podcast. Nothing. But we got other things to talk about before then, mm-hmm. including the Emmys. We've got Emmy fever here on We Bought a Mic. <laughs> All the stars are here. We got Cal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> we got Trapper Man. Mm-hmm. We've got Hillary Clinton. Oh, we've got In Rodham. Hillary. Wait, is she is she nominated for a the Debbie? documentary? Hillary is nominated for oh, documentary for series. Just, just for best <laughs> for documentary wow. series. I was hoping it was at least series. for like best gaffer in a docuseries <laughs> or something. Because <laughs> I hear that that guy did great work. Um, no, it's uh, the, it's a new category. It's mm-hmm. called best Uber win. <laughs> oh, I, w- I want to fucking I want to get out of here. <laughs> I want to get out of this. Area. Um, so the Emmys nominations were released. They ultimately don't matter a ton. It is always nice to see when someone you like gets cred, though. What we do in the shadows for best comedy series. Yeah, that's a big one. And they, awesome. and they obviously deserve it. If it wins, good job, Emmys. It mm. won't win. Probably won't. What's going to win? It 100% won't win. I'm trying to Curb? look through now. I mean, I Maisel, actually, it's, Maisel has won the last two. Maisel's won a couple. Or no, Fleabag, um, Fleabag was last year. That's right. Maisel won two years ago, and then Fleabag won last year. Um, I could see them kind of... The Emmys sometimes are a little bit like uh, the Oscars in that there is it's less so with the Emmys, but there is still a little bit of bias against streaming networks. Mm -hmm. So I could see them even going in the way of something like a good place kind of a thing to be like, look, this is what you this is what you get when you play by the rules and you do your four seasons and every episode comes out each week and you get a golden (laughs) man for it. It's still on FX. Yeah, but I mean. They do kind of like to do some stuff where they'll give a ton of award, they'll give a ton of nominations to Netflix things. And sometimes there are some good surprises. Of course, Fleabag was a prime show, uh, but before that was a BBC series. Amazon got all that money to spend. Um, (laughs) But I mean, they still like to go with kind of the classic big hitters, the HBOs at the end of the day. Which makes me think that for drama, we could have a succession witness here, boys. It got quite a few nominations. Yeah. Um, and it deserves I could all see it happening. Because Game of Thrones is out. 
it's gone forever. It did its yeah. victory lap. Good for them. You know, it was well, good. Well, I think it, it has a good chance there because it won some stuff last year for writing. And yeah, yeah. I guess the question is, um, will they hold against it how funny it is if it's in but it's drama? A, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's category fraud. There's category. Well, it's fraud not. Like it's not even year. that is category fraud because I wouldn't really call it that. I'd say it's pretty squarely in between the two categories. But do we have a history of the Emmys recognizing very funny shows as like high art in the drama category? Yeah, not, I don't know. Not really. So yeah, that that so. led me to believe. Do you think that this could be Better Call Saul's year? Yes. Please. <laughs> yes. It's the best show of the year. Oh well, okay. The last dance. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to. Yeah, we I'm will. watching it. It might be actually um, the, best show of the, year, the Mandalorian. <laughs> Yo, sure. 2020. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Let's go. Let's just. Disney's already. Yeah, you guys everything. tell me if that deserves to be like <laughs> sniffing this fucking category. I have a no, feeling it doesn't. I I if anything, I mean, I haven't watched The Crown. I'm sorry. That'll, our crown that would be a heads boring win. Really, Stranger Things shouldn't be in there. Stranger Things. It I'm feels so, like it's it been, came out two years ago. It's it's been an overrated show the whole time. It's a fine little neat show. It shouldn't be nominated for best drama. Put Euphoria in there. One of the most compelling TV shows of the last few years. I really Except hope. Like well, that. the Zendaya nom, I guess, is a big surprise. Yeah, then. I mean, that was, I, it's not like I expected Euphoria to get in. It's a very uh, challenging show, especially for uh, parents, and, I yeah, would say. Old people. And voters. that's the voting demographic for these award shows. Um, really hoping that The Masked Singer doesn't get anything. I can't believe it was even nominated. That show really confounds me in that I think it's kind of poorly executed. I don't like, I'm not offended purely by the idea, which would offend a lot of people because it's just like fame hungry people looking for more fame. Um, but. That show just sucks, man. Dude, but it was I so cool. It. it was so cool when you found out that T-Pain had a good voice. No, too. let's give it to Top Chef or or uh, Drag Race. That's a well done show. But Top Chef is like just consistently one of the best reality shows ever made. I haven't even looked at that category because the Emmys every year put out like 75 different Yeah, it gets exhausting scrolling through all of them. And you're like, oh, hey, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. The most confounding category I'd have to say is... um. Where where is the one where Brad Pitt is nominated? It's like guest. guest oh, yeah, for a guest appearance on a comedy. As Dr. For, Anthony for Fauci. showing up and just he he spoke to Fauci directly and he said, thank you, sir, for doing work and keeping our president in line. And, <laughs> and we all we all cheered. got up in our living rooms because yeah. at that point we could not leave our houses and we applauded. Yeah. Brad. And we said, thank you, Dr. Fauci. Everything is reopened and we have no plans still. You must have done something right, sir. Maybe not. Maybe he's extremely overrated because he's sane. And we see that as like incredible. Just yeah. being sane. Someone that's sane. When really enough. he truly didn't do much of anything during the yeah. whole thing. He was supposed he to come up with some sort of point of contact other. system. Anything. Yeah, Trump is said- up there pouring like Clorox into his mouth and he's like. Don't listen to the doctor, man. Yeah. And then Fauci's behind him doing the epic Pelosi clap. You know, and everyone's like, okay, this is everything. But dude, I Fauci took a knee with Black Lives with hey, Pelosi. Go Fauci, dude. I, I mean, Fauci, he's a scientist at least, which is uh, better than 
most things that are happening there. Do you think, so fine. Do you think Brad Pitt will win that category? Do you see who else is nominated? So, yeah, it's Luke Kirby for Maisel. What does he do on Maisel? He plays Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And oh, it's no, incredible. He, Luke Kirby should win. I don't oh, think I didn't know that will. Lenny Bruce kept showing up on that show. Yeah, dude. He, mm. he sprinkled in, like, just cool. enough. And when the episodes that, like, focus on him, you're like... He was really good. Dear God, he, this is perfect. If you ever go back and if you ever watch any, like, YouTube clips or anything of um of him back in the day like it is incredible like what a job luke kirby no he is truly great um fred willard got a very nice uh you know post-mortem nomination for his work on modern family really he's done incredible guest work on almost every show that's existed the last 30 years um rest in peace big man he truly was so goddamn funny i don't know if we talked about him enough uh on pod Mm. that guy just absolutely rules it's just it was one of those guys that you just got used to just seeing pop up and everything yeah Yeah, he was eternal he was so so consistently good he never took him for granted yeah he he pops up in all the um all the uh spinal tap style improvised chris guest movies and he's always fucking killer the he day the day it was the news broke that he had passed i just went back and watched the i think you should leave sketch yeah that one rocks him on review rules yeah. that m- might be tougher to watch because he does die in that <laughs> episode <laughs> oh <of my God. laughs> um adam driver for snl eddie murphy for snl that is such a uh poor nomination yeah he did, he did a really bad job and i hold don't hold it against him he has not been on live tv in so many years but he truly was one of the worst hosts in recent memory yeah he was not good that's very much just like a. I mean the emmys they do have a little bit of globesiness to them where there's like who are celebrities that we can nominate that's why it's surprising that like reese witherspoon wasn't nominated mm-hmm. granted by all accounts the morning show is hot fucking garbage but Aniston I think that Aniston, yeah. Aniston's still in there. So like you, it would just make sense to put as many stars in there as you can. The real guest performance that I am so happy is in there is Cherry Jones, mm-hmm. who from a uh, succession also known as one of the main leads in 24. I want her <sighs> oh. to get an Emmy and I want her to say, this is for you, Kiefer. This is the the lady that owns like the rival company that's trying to get bought out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great character. Great performance. Uh, So real quick, I want to jump to writing. So sneaking suspicion that what we do in the shadows could actually pull an upset. It's nominated for three different episodes for writing. That's big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, over in drama, Better Call Saul has two writing noms and Ozark has three. So Ozark might be getting like a boring win. Uh, the big <laughs> Better Call Saul news out of this, though, is that Ray Seahorn was fucking left out of either supporting or lead actress. They could have put it in, in either. And that makes me feel that Better Call Saul just doesn't have the love that it deserves from the voters. So I don't I don't see it pulling an upset. Um, but, you know. Whatever happens, happens. The actual announcement of this was really uncomfortable to watch. I tried to jump in. It was like Leslie Jones with like Josh Gad on Zoom. Oh, I'm in, honey. And like there was like two other people like Laverne Cox, I think, and somebody else. And it was so, so uncomfortable. Like the lag was just really awkward. None of the jokes were landing, obviously. Mm -hmm. Were there some epic Hamilton jokes? I don't know, dude. I'm so tired. Um, yeah. I just, anything else about the Emmys? I 
I don't know. I know we talk hey, about this every wait, wait, wait. year. Watchmen. Watchmen. Fuck yeah, Watchmen. Hey, Jeremy yeah, Watchmen Irons, baby. A, yeah. I, I was very bullish about how much I loved his fucking performance yeah. in that show. Because, Going for lead. Because even when I wasn't fully in on that show in the beginning, I was fully in on him. Yeah. He was so Dude, give it to him. Fucking give it to him. Give it he to has Regina. A chance. I mean, honestly, I think that Watchmen will win that category. Best series. Best, best limited. limited series. Because it's like little fires everywhere, which I've heard very mixed things about. Mrs. America, which I've heard is good. Um, Unbelievable, which I watched the first couple episodes of, and it was really good. Is it the courtroom? Like, uh, it's the thing about a girl. Tony Collette. Yeah, 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 Tony Collette's a a, about a, a story of a rape that happened to a young woman. Regina King um, does deserve it. Yeah, dude, she's incredible. Also, uh, I know that we didn't all agree where that character ended up, but Yahya Abdul-Mateen, mm. his performance is so, so good, separate of what you think of the, like, the arc of that character. I think what they did is incredible. Um, Watchmen's just all over the place. Like it's just nominated for like so many things. I just always, I know we do this every year, but I just don't understand what the Emmy window is. Oh, yeah. Like Stranger Things feel like, feels like it came out so long ago. And then there's stuff by like normal people that came out like a month, month and a half ago. Hmm. And I just Still never haven't know seen it. what, I don't know what is going know. on with that. You know, the, the Emmys, as dumb as they are, Sometimes I do use it as a little bit of a bellwether as to what to watch. Uh, not don't take it super seriously, but like um, I can see for, that with like limited series, stuff but, like that. Yeah. Like, for example, like uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, I ne I didn't actually like jump in on that until it like kind of swept the yeah, Emmys it its up. first season. And that was like, OK, I should actually pay attention to this. There's just so much TV out there. It's like impossible to watch everything. So they don't they don't ever get it 100 percent right. But at least they get some things right. Part of me feels like what if they don't want to get it right on purpose? Because that creates more conversation. It actually helps them. So they're like just spiting like, yeah, another year of the Kaminsky method. That'll fucking rile them up. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about the Emmys? Um, no. Okay. No. Wait, is there not supporting uh, actor in a comedy series? Does that not exist? Yes, there is. Do a quick uh, control F on this bitch. Yeah, supporting uh, actor in a comedy series. There's uh, Mahershala Farami. Oh, I'm not looking at Alan Arkin. Well, I was more thinking about Darcy Carden. Did she get it? Did she get the nom for? You're good talking place. about Good oh, Place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She got she nominated. Thank God. Fuck's sake. The, she yeah she um it's very much in the same way that Danny Pudi should have gotten one for Community uh, but never did mm -hmm. uh, she she needed to get one for this shit like she's so good I don't know if she'll win though because she's up against Alex Borstein for Maisel uh yeah Tur uh, turns out those that's Emmy a folks great one turns out they sure do love shows about themselves yeah. yeah. And also, hasn't Kate McKinnon won a couple of times in this category? Yes. Oh, didn't, didn't Cecily get one, though? Yeah, Cecily. That's really, it, that's awesome. actually really, really good because she's been quietly incredible for so many years on that show. Lending's a lot of uh, dramatic clout to SNL when it, when it needs, it needs something right hey, now. Hey, and also, Keenan got a nomination. Let's give it to him, folks. Finally. Does he not have an Emmy? He's got to have one by now. I don't know. I think uh, Keenan and Kel got, yeah. got him like six or seven. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to a quick bit of catch up before the review. I want to talk about two quick things. Um, 
First of all, I saw this documentary on Netflix called Knock Down the House. You guys heard of this? The AOC Netflix doc? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. Um, wouldn't call this like uh, super essential, but if you're a fan of AOC or if you're at all like remotely interested in what it's like to run for U.S. Congress when you aren't a career politician mm -hmm. and you have to like actually push uh, from nothing. It's uh, it's good. It's really well done. Um, it also tells the story of like a couple other people that ran for Congress. Um, but obviously AOC is like the star and it does focus for the most part on her. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Netflix, easy watch, pretty short. Um, it's again, it's good if you want to kind of have a little bit of a inspirational type of watch. It, it does kind of give you chills a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a great story. I, I'm a big fan of AOC. I think she is great. Mm. Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, a Spielberg joint I saw for yeah. the first time this week. I uh, had never seen it before. What did we think? Guys, this movie is fucking weird. Mm. Weird, weird, weird. I I'm filling these gaps in my Spielberg uh, filmography completion, and this is from 2001, I believe, and mm. it stars Jude Law and Haley Joel Osment, and it was actually supposed to be a Kubrick movie originally, and then they kind of passed it around him and Spielberg, and ended up uh, wanting to make it together, but then Kubrick died. And Spielberg just kind of finished it himself. Um, doesn't really feel like a Spielberg movie. That's, Very weird. So that's what I was going to say is that I've always wanted to check this movie out just because I've heard that there is a bit of tonal clash in the movie itself. Like it's kind of fascinating to see the Kubrick elements and the Spielberg elements yeah. sometimes at odds with each other. Yeah, because you go into it knowing it's directed by Steven Spielberg. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. But you're sitting there the first half or so, maybe the first third, and you're like, this wants to be a Kubrick movie so bad. It's so still. It's so patient. It's so deliberate. It's not like, you know, super kinetic or anything like that. It eventually does get to certain sequences that do have more of that classic Spielberg vibe. But for a big chunk at the beginning, you're not feeling a Spielberg movie. And Haley Joel Osment as this little android child, David, might be one of, if not the best child performance I've ever seen. Mm. Haley Joel Osment is just one of the best child actors Dude. that we've ever had. He will, I feel like he was always underrated. I mean, I really like him just anytime I see that guy, but. He is on another plane in this movie, like so creepy. So fucking creepy because he's brought home to this this couple, childless couple, and the mother wants to what they call imprint mm -hmm. on this robot to make the robot love her as a mother, as if she was his mother. And the 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 points right, you know, around that so creepy. So creepy to explore like what it means to what it would actually be like to have like a little robot child 
love. It is so unsettling. So, so fucking creepy. There's so moments in this movie that really like made my skin crawl because of the implication of what is happening of this family who is taking in this kid. But it's not a real it's not a human. Insane, insane. And a lot of people complain about the ending. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it here. I really recommend everybody sees it. It's it's bizarre. It goes way, way out there. Uh, so out there that I didn't know how to react to it at a certain point. And I started like kind of laughing at the movie because that was just kind of the only response I could muster. Because it was just so gonzo. That's not necessarily a great sign, is it? Right? No, but that's the thing is like when this movie came out, it was kind of hated a little bit. Like a lot of people walked out of it like, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like that. That didn't make me feel good. Because mm. um, it tries to do a lot of things that Spielberg never does. And ultimately it leaves you in like a really, really sad, sad place. Um, so... Not your standard Spielberg movie, but I think the acting's great. I think what he's trying to do in like crafting something that feels more like a Kubrick thing, but still injecting a lot of his sensibilities. Jude Law as an android is amazing. His movement, his physical motions. I mean, that's perfect casting for a dude to play a robot because he just looks like like he is not even like the hottest dude ever but like he's a dude who if you were just like sculpting what a man looks like from like clay you would just make somebody look like jude law yeah it's like too perfect yeah that's why he's like perfect and like that and that reminds me of uh him in talented mr ripley and why he's so perfect for that role in that movie yeah uh so that's ai artificial intelligence i believe it is on amazon prime that i saw it Maybe it was like Hulu with stars. Um, it's it's on one of those. You'll find it. It, it floats around. It's an 01 Spielberg joint. Definitely not uh, what you'd expect from him, but I, I, still, I still really liked it. So are we ready? Are mm-hmm. we ready to move? I think that's what that, that noise meant. That yes. noise was a, your computer yeah. was mooing. You've right, got guys. moo. First cow. We're here. We mm-hmm. did it. We just watched it. Uh, it is written and directed by Kelly Reichert. Kelly Reichard. Um, She does have a writing partner, I believe. Well, there it's based on a novel, and the writer of that novel gets the co-writing credit. Jonathan Raymond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars some unknown folks and some kind of known Rel- character actors, some that guys. Yeah. Um, John Magaro uh, plays our, I would say, our lead in this named Cookie. Uh, he has been in movies like he's been, a you know, reliably like a part of a larger ensemble in movies like Overlord. Um, but he this is the kind of. Aside from being a white man, which gets you everywhere, obviously, in Hollywood, this is the kind of dude that you wouldn't see in a lot of leading roles. Um, And I enjoyed seeing him in a leading role. (laughs) Yeah, um, let's let's save a lot of our big thoughts for spoilers, because I think that people should go into this movie how we went into it, Mm -hmm. not knowing much. (laughs) Just waiting for that cow to show up. Yeah, Yeah, I mean. That is kind of this is the perfect type of movie to go to VOD. I know that, of course, it would have been better to see this in a movie theater. It's gorgeous. But yeah, just because it is so gorgeous. And 
I'm sure just add the sound to everything is great. Great score. Um, but I, the only other Kelly Reichard film I've seen before is certain women, which, uh, is on the criterion channel right now. Um, and it's between these two movies narratively, they are so, so different, but tonally they share so much in common. This is a movie that really, really takes its time to get going. That spent the first act of this movie the first 40 minutes or so trying to kind of like feel around in the dark as to what this story was going to be and it's the same way i felt during a uh, certain women which is kind of this trio of stories involving uh laura dern Kristen stewart and um imdb is taking a second to pull up here somebody else who's also God, you don't just like michelle williams michelle williams yeah it's your girl no but i i really really love this movie i love how patient this film was because then it pays off yeah and it feels like you earned it because mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing is for a big chunk of the beginning i was like oh geez okay here we go <laughs> fucking two hours of this shit but you stick with it and it rewards you very very well i think Mm -hmm. i i don't think it's a perfect movie but it's a movie that like fits very snugly in its own spot and it's not trying to be anything it is no it's it's wholly unique and what it's good at it's very good at namely the way it looks is just like out of this fucking world uh it's set in you know the pacific northwest and what century would you say like 19th yeah, uh, yeah. Or early 19th probably something like that because yeah. it's like they're mentioning like it's the oregon territory yeah yeah that they're and trying about, to find gold exactly and stuff. And it's, yeah it's at a, a, a rough settlement uh featuring like people from all different uh areas of the world but uh, every single shot of this is just gorgeous like it, it is so the color scheme and the color grading are very striking yes. because even in the pacific northwest uh, this movie could have looked relatively drab uh, and there is contrast created in every single shot. Uh, a lot of the time it'll just be like deep, deep greens all around, but then uh, yellows just kind of almost like floating on top of the greens, a lot of foreground and background play with color. It just is fucking beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And and certain shades of colors that I don't think you really see too much in in relation to each other like a movie like this you'd think it'd be like heavy heavy greens Mm -hmm. or like heavy blues or something but then you see a yellow pop-up in there and it's like huh yeah i haven't seen that kind of yellow against that kind of green before yeah it's it's really crazy color grading stuff because there are shots in which somehow every single color uh is popping and yet it doesn't look uh like a sensory overload situation like it is not like overwhelming you with like a yellow and a blue and a green over here yeah they they all it's very fluid and it looks real but when uh she pulls back and intentionally creates shots that lack that color uh you notice you know because there there are plenty of moments where like it's this those same outdoor scenes but uh all uh saturation is just removed from the situation well yeah i mean she plays with the whole pacific northwest aspect of this like there's plenty of movies that use this kind of setting to just kind of showcase what you were talking about with the latter about it it being very washed out and very gray 
thinking of something like a Twilight movie, which I know is not the highest bar to cross. That's, but that's that is just, the bluest movie I've ever seen in my life. But it, I'm just so just something ugly. that's just like very boring. No, color yeah. palettes, And then they try and craft a story out of it. Hey, man, it's, some people don't know how to set the white balance on their camera. <laughs> and that should just be OK. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. who are we to that's criticize that? <laughs> Everyone is valid. Um, but I, there really is so much color in this film without it being a bright and sunny landscape, mm-hmm. which is it's very really, overcast. Yeah, it's very like just cloudy all the time. Yeah. And the the way that the camera moves uh, mm. perfectly fits. Well, first of all, obviously, it, it has to fit uh, her style. Um, she also edits her own movies, by the way, which is very, yeah, which is, you know, incredibly edited. And that's why it has such a fluid feel to it. But uh, these shots have to be perfect because we are lingering for so long, especially Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And we don't know what's happening. Like there is such it's not that it's like outright confusing. It's just that there isn't a narrative yet. Like, you know, it's it's not that like we don't we're like, what's going on? There just isn't something going yeah. on. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to. I want to talk about that more in detail in spoilers. Yeah, because I w- almost kind of want to go in order of like what the major beats are. Because I was no, definitely. I was feeling like, when are we going to get to anything? Yeah. And well, and that's why it didn't absolutely ruin things for me. Because my grander point was that these shots that are just like so delicately uh, panning across landscapes, or you know, following a character that is going somewhere that we don't quite know or care are unbelievably done. Well, I mean, it's kind of, I I mean, most of the time, whenever filmmakers use these kind of prolonged shots, it's all to create a sense of dramatic tension, but this movie doesn't really use those for tension purposes. It more feels, it feels more real and it adds like a true sense of realism to the story that like sometimes People just like kind of sit in a room and don't say anything for like well, 35 well, seconds, and especially in this period. That, just, like it, that was my next point is the the it has to be this slow in order to befit what was fucking going on back then, which was nothing. Yeah. Like I said this when I watched The Witch, too, um, which obviously goes off in a very different direction. Um, but they're they're both movies that are very uh, they're almost like history nerd movies because they're very focused on the process of the living minutia. life back then. Yeah. Like what you actually did from moment to moment and lingering on it, not yeah. just showing it. No. a lot of lines are repeated in this movie because it's just like, this is the one thing, the one objective that I have. And so I'm going to say this like six times in the course of yeah, these exactly. two hours. And it also uh, helps sort of drive home once we get to a narrative, the themes of it, because we are watch, seeing almost like the genesis of sort of capitalistic behavior, you know, like a very, very like rudimentary version of it. I think I think it was the AV club. Uh, I was just skimming reviews and they the reviewer said the funniest thing, which is if you were to tell someone the plot of this, it would sound like a children's book. Mm-hmm. Like it's so unbelievably simple, yeah. you know, like and, and, and easy to grasp. So it's all about what's going on in the in-between. Well, isn't that what I feel like a a, a well-written screenplay could easily be simplified to the the equivalent of a children's story a lot of the, yeah i wouldn't say always but a lot of the time if you can't do that with your screenplay idea then you might have a problem right mm-hmm. you know because things can get overcomplicated, especially something like this that's like relatively low budget i mean they did build some pretty great sets and the yeah. costumes are elaborate and it, it looks fantastic yeah it's gorgeous but it can't 
let, let's see if I can if I can quickly look up the budget, but it can't be more than like 10 mil. No, it's got it's less than that. I'm sure I don't I, I Wikipedia doesn't list it, but it doesn't feel exuberant, you know, mm-hmm. with its production design. It, it utilizes what's already there in nature. Yeah. The the Pacific Northwest is already like one of the most cinematic places yeah. mm-hmm. you can film in. It's 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 really well used. It it made me feel it made me want to listen to folklore by Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh and <boy>. that <laughs> listeners brings us to our review this week. <laughs> I, I was, see. I was gonna do one of those fucking things you do, where it's like, oh, this week I consume some media that is a uh, woodsy and uh, understated and beautiful. What <laughs> enough about me? No. Um. <laughs> I did want to look up the cinematographer, uh, Christopher Blavelt, who has done some stuff with um, Kelly Ricker before. Did certain women also did uh, Emma this year, mid '90s, which is I have problems with the narrative story of that movie, but it's a beautiful looking film. And he also he uh, worked on certain films like Zodiac. Oh, that's um, a great looking movie. Yeah, uh, he was worked as a DP on that film, and he's done a few m- different music videos for Group Love, for mm. Green Day. Guy's so good. he knows how to work a camera and how to make things feel very real it's it's all locked off there's no like dollies or cranes or anything it's just a tripod and that's it another another really like a sign of great direction especially in this movie is that you don't always know exactly where you are but you never are like outright like wait a minute where are they in relation to them Mm -hmm. like they use uh they use insert shots and lines of sight really well when it would be so easy to get fully lost in these Mm -hmm. woods and we only get lost when we're supposed to because we're in the head of a character who's lost i I thought that was so admirable because I was imagining trying to establish like locations when every location looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, like well, that is such a, a project. We made the joke while we were all watching it together, like that addresses don't exist. So yeah. it's just like, I live a mile this way. <laughs> well, I live a mile this way. Yeah. Oh, I know that place. Yeah, I think, I think I know what your house looks like. I don't know. It looks like a house. <laughs> I don't know. All I have are these biscuits to eat. I haven't eaten yeah, real food just, in months. It, the direction could have been so much more murky and it, it was done with great intent, which reflected, you know, again, what Reichardt seemed to be really focused in on. Um, I read from multiple sources that it is, quote unquote, loosely based on the novel. So I'd wonder what what the novel has going on, because not it seems like it's based on a novel with how much in between time there is. Uh, sort of almost like a Victor Hugo situation mm-hmm. where he, we're just getting chapters talking about like what a leaf looks like. But uh, it, it's more effective, I would argue, when they can show you the leaf and it looks very pretty. So I like movie. Um, so I think uh, we should move on to spoilers. I, I was trying to see if there's any anything spoiler free I could still shout out. The music. Yeah, it's no, very the nice. The score is really, really Understated. good. Understated. Uh, great use of uh, spoilers. There is a cow involved. It's such a good cow. Um, sweet girl. Oh, sweet as angel. soon as there's like a little like guitar mandolin kind of combo that comes in, as soon as I heard it, like it started to pick up a little bit. I was like, oh man, we're about to see the cow. <laughs> and then the cow popped out. I was like, yes, we saw Whispers the cow. Whispers to your date. That's the cow. <laughs> that's the cow. <laughs> is it a mandolin? I thought it sounded kind of like a harp. Maybe there's multiple 
kind of yeah i mean it might just be like, like a kind of a stripped down orchestra but it was it was really good like underplayed use of that score because also we a ton of the movie is just uh ambiance mm-hmm. it's just it's just a like background the rustling of yeah just leaves wind foliage. yeah just like There's, water flowing <laughs> beautiful on the yeah. subtitles and it's just like grunting continues yeah i made i made ernie put on subs uh, maybe like 10 15 minutes in because i whispering they're so quiet yeah. like, they're like hey can i perfect <laughs> example of why this over. movie would work even better in a movie theater to get their uh, sound design. Yeah. Watch with yeah. subs though. Uh, if I were to write, much like The Witch, but for different reasons. The Witch, the issue they're not speaking English. <laughs> they're speaking a different language. They're speaking something. They, they in this movie they are speaking very intelligible English. It's just quietly. Um, there, there's even a moment where they start speaking like native tongues, mm-hmm. like native, you know, like Native American languages, and the way that works is so good the yeah way it lands well, perfect. We're the kind of the lack of subtitles at certain oh, points is yeah and also awesome. we should say that in those scenes and many others we get a couple of uh like intentional laughs that mm-hmm. are very effective like that's, I, I mean there's some funny stuff let, let's let's get to spoilers because i i have some thoughts on that so <laughs> go see first cow uh you can rent it for like five dollars six dollars something like that at all your rentable VOD places. Worth a um, watch. There's couldn't, a, like, I mean, wouldn't recommend it to every single person because, you know, it requires. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it is, it does require like a more of a patient view. Yeah. And if you don't watch things to wait, then yeah. just don't watch it. That's okay. But, you're but if you, out. yeah, if you're into the A24 canon and you like, Le cinema. This does fit perfectly. And like, yeah, <laughs> we did a whole thing at the Wabamis last year of like a movie. Like what movie is an A24 movie without being an A24 movie? This is and this is this is like a classic A24. Yeah. Film. And it's also just so understated. It's and- it's beautiful, like just straight visually without uh being like pretentiously so without like like drawing your focus to what the camera's doing it's Which, just it's just naturally gorgeous i was worried it was gonna be that at first mm-hmm. especially because it has like the boxy as- aspect ratio I yeah, was like, yeah do we need this because like other movies like first reformed another in the first cu um What's another boxy like the lighthouse? Like yeah. I get the choices to well, make it boxy in that one. It doesn't the, necessarily make much sense in this one. It doesn't at, at first, first mm-hmm. but once you are immersed into the look, especially like I said, those locked off shots, mm-hmm. like how you're just perfectly still, and all you can the only movement are the characters in the frame. Yeah, usually in the middle of the frame. That is when the boxy look really started to work for me. Yeah. yeah but at I, first I was like, eh, why? I kind of want to know how much of this film was storyboarded because like framing in a four by three aspect ratio is very different than framing in a super wide screen. And the just kind of the way that the frames are composed in this film and so good. Yeah, splitting just, up the cr- yeah, and it's just, is perfect. It, it's all about blocking uh and and like shot composition and yeah and in that way and in the the pacing way it felt very like 60s 70s all right last warning listeners spoilers right now we need to talk about the love triangle Mm mm-hmm 
So first cow, more like great cow. Great cow, Very more like cow. beautiful more cow. More like date cow. <laughs> Night cow. Good evening. <laughs> that it was I love John Magaro's voice. He is so it's so slight and sweet and it matches how he looks perfectly. His eyes are so adorable. At first, during that period when you're kind of confused as to what movie you're actually watching, the the voice kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, dude, what what are you doing? What are you saying? You're getting like <laughs> beat these? up by like discount revenants over here. <laughs> well, it kind of showcases like it does give you enough of the information about the character in those moments because it's like all, there are all these other tough people who are like, wait till I meet you outside the city. I'll hit you with a bag full of silver. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm I'm going to go find a salmon now. Yeah. Well, he, we we open on him. Uh, well, OK, let's 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 go in order. So first of all, we open with Alia Shawkat, mm-hmm. like digging for bones. So right away, the, the first shot is like a ship going by. And I already started getting uh, the lighthouse vibes right from the start. Just Aww. opening shot of a ship. I was like, okay, okay. Is this going to be like another? You know, there are some similarities here. A lovely bromance, you know, a two-hander kind of. Hey. There, there's some There's some parallels a little bit. Um, then Alia Shaka. Yeah, you're going to need two hands if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Milk and the mudas. <laughs> Digs up the bones mm-hmm. and then we cut to the woods uh him picking mushrooms picking up mushrooms mm-hmm. little shroomies and we don't know why we're like is he trying to pull it into the wild here like what's yeah it's going not on? even clear that it's a flashback at first. no because they're both pe- like Aaliyah shakat's not like a millennial <laughs> like in this she's still in a period you know she yeah but it's modern i mean we see the ship it's fairly it's, modern. It's more modern, yeah. 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 Um, but it, immediately it's not clear. You're like, so who's this now? Like, I mean, this. You assume linear just because. Yeah, this is the thing again is like you're thinking, okay, I'm watching a period piece. So you kind of put yourself in the mood of a period piece because those movies always have a certain feel and cadence to them. But as this movie goes on, it doesn't like ever want to be a traditional period piece like there other than the setting it, it do, there's nothing about it that screams like i'm a period piece so you very quickly lose that and at a certain point it's the like the point i was making earlier where it's just like it feels like its own thing mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a period piece yeah i mean there's certain like elements to it but it's also not trying to like say something about the classic period piece in the way that something like the favorite is like the favorite in a lot of ways is like a comment on yeah. period pieces of old. And this doesn't even feel like that where it's not trying to make a comment. It's just like, this is the setting. There's just one cow here. And that's <laughs> like, that's it. We're trading like silver. And that's, that's what they should have called it. There's just one cow. here. <laughs> There's just one cow here. And that's it. <laughs> That's lovely. By Kelly Record. It's true. I mean, it's they're better. using it as a tool in order to simplify what has to happen. It's better than we bought a cow. Mm. That any anything better than, or not? We bought a cow. We illegally milked a cow. Yeah, we milked a cow. <laughs> we milked that one cow here. So, so the the opening chunk of this movie is this guy sort of like making his way. You don't really know what's what's going on, and then um, he meets this 
Chinese man in the woods yeah. naked. Yes. King Lu, played by Orion Lee, who rocks. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, pretty much hadn't really acted before. Like, he doesn't even have, like, a Wikipedia page. Relatively, completely unknown guy. Just completely naked pops out. And he has such a presence in this movie that he is so important for, like, how much, for lack of a better term, John Magaro is kind of like a beta of a dude who just kind of, like, lets life go over him. You need that. Um, what is his uh, character's name? Um, King Lou. You need his character to kind of like put some motivation, be like, this is how we will make money. This is how we will advance ourselves in life. Yeah. Magaro's just kind of uh, afloat. Like, he's yeah. just he, his name's Cookie. It's it's interesting that the shape that dynamic and that arc sort of takes throughout the movie, because on one hand, you could see uh, his character as like embodying kind of uh hubris you know like trying too hard to overexert himself and obviously <clears throat> because of the bones in the beginning and the way we know the story is kind of gonna go you're always in the back of your head thinking like oh he's reaching too high like he keeps wanting to advance the the business and the con and whatever even more it's not really a con it's just a a, a small crime um he did do a murder it. Yeah, he did yeah. kill somebody. So that's also a thing. He's uh, he's completely naked and he's just like, I'm on the run from the Russians because I killed one of them. Yeah, and, and Magar like, was like, all right, you want to stay my tent? Yeah, like, who are you? <laughs> Magar was such a sweetie. I, this really is a movie where you're actively feeling out what this story is, how it's happening, because then they meet back up in this town together and you're like, the Oh, okay. Fort, this is I like guess. a romance between these two. Like that's where this story is going. It's yeah. But just, it, it's not, it's never overtly that. No, no, you think it's going to become that though. Right. You're thinking it, like, it, it kind of does though. They love each other. Yeah. Like, I don't think that we need to delineate between them just being best friends, you know, and like having, right. having love for each other right. and like making it romantic and shipping them. Right. So that is the best, the best use of the lingering shots that we were talking about earlier, I think is whenever he first go to, goes to King Lou's house and he's just like, oh, I'm going to go chop up some firewood. And our guy Cookie is just like sitting there just like, and just starts like sweeping up the house and then just like bangs out a rug and we sit there for what feels like like seven minutes yeah, for, just like watching but it's well, nice it, like it feels like that because it was yeah, seven minutes like <laughs> and it was lovely yeah, yeah it was yeah. very nice to watch it's obviously all so well done that you're just like you know you could just stare at like you could turn the volume off for most of this movie and just look at it well at that point in the movie i was way more on board than i was earlier because when so so they meet up late at night in the woods when when he's naked, then they separate. And I had no idea what the hell was going to happen in this movie. I thought we were never going to see that character again. But once you're in the town and they see each other again, that's when it sort of started clicking for me. And of course, that's why the, the following scene when they're yeah. actually together, that's why it kind of feels nice because you realize like, OK, they're going to be together for the movie. The, yeah. the skeletons make Definitely. sense. And we'll. Here's the thing also, though, are we thinking because you are right that there there are lingering shots that imply uh, something beyond like normal love, you know, particularly it's not enough to completely sell it. No, definitely not. But I would say it's like maybe a tiny bit more than Midnight Cowboy. 
if we're because okay, these yeah. are this is a very <laughs> yeah. clear comparison you know like yeah. which is funny to say because they're so different but if yeah. it's it, it, it's more than midnight cowboy but less than broke back mountain that's what you're saying <laughs> well okay so with the cow it's broke back mountain <laughs> it checks out like instead of instead of uh uh fucking it's bacon mm-hmm. you know it's and oily r- ratso is and doing, is doing um, capitalism exactly and but in a it's world in which you know it's it's less uh this movie does less to fully indict capitalism while still doing so absolutely mm-hmm. like it still is not painting it in a positive light but midnight cowboy is just explicitly like jesus doesn't this shit suck yeah i mean they're they're very different aside from that core relationship that they have together but i mean it's really i i like how it's kind of just up to your own interpretation as well as the ending is but i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves yeah uh, it just it, it lets you just watch and think so whenever they get to this town i Great gotta bring town. up yeah the town looks, i love the town look. looks lovely have like, to give a shout out to um the chief of the town uh who is the owner actor. of the cow uh, yeah, my guy, Toby Jones, also known as Dobby in the Harry Potter movies, mm. as well as just character actor from dozens of other films. Um, mm-hmm. Really uh, love him. Known, love that face. He was the Hydra guy in Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. And then uh, he was like a computer screen in Winter Soldier. <laughs> Man, it's got to take Sweet. a blow to your ego eventually. If you just keep getting these fucking things. Circus just like steered directly into it. <laughs> um, so what what did you want to say post spoilers about the laughs in this movie? I'm really interested. So first, there's a few. So the first one is just the whole the everything with the cow. Like every time I see the cow, like I'm just elated. And then um, when they actually start mil- milking the cow, that whole kind of repetitive going back to milk the cow does have a lot of humor in it, especially the way he approaches the cow, the way he speaks to the cow, like all that is, is nice and lovely, but there's, there's humor in it. Cause like you can tell that they're having fun with the fact that they're stealing milk from this cow. They're Mm -hmm. playing it up to be like this intimate connection with the cow. Um, And then obviously I think the whole kind of, uh, romance dynamic has its laughs too, you know, because you can look at it as like this sincere connection, but you can also look at it as like this is this is so funny that this is happening in this movie right now that we're taking the time to like sell this connection here. It's it there's this I don't know this fun to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a sappy movie. Well, it's not in like so we talked about whenever we just did we bought a zoo last week like why is this movie not 90 minutes for we bought a zoo and for this movie i was elated that it wasn't 90 minutes because this is a movie that very easily probably if kelly record would have handed this film over to a lot of other editors they would just churned out a 90 minute version of this movie but i think because we have all these extra moments really add to the story and to the narrative as a whole, that we get this extra 30 minutes with these characters and on their journey. Yeah. So to just kind of go back to the kind of plot to that point, the, then we get to the section where they actually start milking the cow and making 
the oily cakes. Yeah. So the, this is the another fun section. Yeah, this is another great source of comedy. Is them just like going full pretty patties. Yeah. And uh, chicken tendies mode. Exactly. Like just really making these delicious, delicious. Yeah. And they're like the buttery bi- cakes, the bidding wars, you know, between customers. It's all it's all very funny. It's very nice to watch. It's just pleasant. It just makes you feel good. They set up the 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 school shooter looking kid that was yeah. cut in line for a biscuit. <laughs> that dude, I was just waiting for him to like completely snap in this film. And, and just he does. It. And they know that, you know, and they don't even show it. Yeah, I uh, I really love that. Also, I think that um during that first scene where we first meet uh, Chief Factor, I think uh, Toby Jones had my favorite line that made me like laugh the most in the movie aside from the cow interactions where we were like, I was just thinking to myself, like, I know he's going to take a bite of this. It's going to be like the fucking ratatouille moment. And he's yeah. going to like flashback to his chat, but he took like, it was. and he was just like, I taste London. Yeah. It's oily cake. I was a young boy on the coast. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was still so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just lovely. Um, and it is funny. And a, a lot of the laughs in this, like, uh, I brought it up initially because there are a couple that are related to the um, native speaking and the translation thereof uh, with that one guy who's like, you can say that to him. That yeah, was, so that's, that was a great laugh. That's the next mm-hmm. section is they, they're hamming up the, the success. They're going in, they're milking, they're milking, they're milking, they're selling, they're slinging. And they get invited to uh, Toby Jones house. Mm-hmm. And they I guess it's revealed or maybe it was already hinted. Did we know that they, that was his cow before that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just because he actually has a house. Yeah. And no one else <laughs> in like all of Pacific Northwest America that time had a house. Yeah. Because so. when he's like, he's like, do you know where I live? He's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> like he's fucking house. You're the this only the one house? with a house. You have a house. <laughs> We just like threw like some bear pelt like over a couple sticks and that's my home. But I so this is a I know it's a movie and I know we have to have narrative conflict. But why the hell would you go to the you don't go to the scene of the crime and just like, here you go. Like I guess it was here. rude to refuse the invitation. Oh, OK. This guy well, is then powerful. even worse. Why would you go back that same night while they have like company over, including another dumb. military general? That's what I'm saying. Like they got greedy. They have these dreams of opening up a little Airbnb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. and just it's open, like, they're moving to San Francisco, so they'll be a yeah, little bit more accepting. Because, like, there. effectively, you can't turn down going at the very least. Like, he'd be like, huh? Like, if he's like, no, actually, I'm good. Um, I don't want to serve you. Like, he'd be like, oh, OK, cool. Um, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> um, But, yeah, coming back that night was, yeah, it's like you said, it, it was them getting a little big for their britches, particularly um, King Lee. King Lou. Yeah. King Lou. Sorry. Yeah. He falls off the tree. Bad move, dude. He's like egging on the cat. And this was pretending to be an owl. Unfortunately, this was in an era where if you fell out of a tree, you were, were going to die. <laughs> <laughs> if but not a lives. few days later. He lives, you know, he, he can still walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy, um, uh, John uh, Cookie, mm-hmm. he uh, doesn't make it out as well. He gets like a concussion concussion. Yeah, he, he just falls. Yeah. Uh, well, what what happens is they get chased, right? Yeah. So 
they hear the tree fall, the branch. They chase after him. He's chased. King Lude, uh, you know, brazenly jumps into the river as he is wont to do. And then as, as he probably has like 16 other yeah, times. And then as Cookie is wont to do, he stays back and like cowers in I the was little just, corner. I was just really hoping that he's going to be like, quick, we have to run away and just start getting naked again. Since he, <laughs> that's how he evaded the Russians the first time for some still never really explained. Like he's like, I was running away from the Russians, so I had to ditch all of my clothes you know how they are <laughs> clothes um but yeah and so then yeah they they split uh they that's sp- a great scene by the way when he's just hiding there mm-hmm. we've seen that a million times oh, in movies before but- and it was just really well done here like very tense mm-hmm. it looks i mean it obviously looks incredible but yeah because there's you know long take of of them sort of background yeah uh, coming I've, you have seen that so so many mm-hmm. times you've seen a lot of the things in this movie a lot because we're dealing with such a simple plot um but never looking quite like this yeah that's the thing is like this this movie it's not complicated at all Mm-mm. But it's also like so unique, yeah. In its in its simplicity, because it's, it's really not simple. Like you know, you're working with a cow. Like cows are, they can be demanding uh, performers. Not if you just like talk to them sweetly and you're like, "Hey, yeah. babe, I'm back again." John McGraw walks up to any cow. They're <laughs> they're putting out when milk. they're when they're wait, they're like going to meet the cow and it's like oh here we go to meet the cow for the first time ever and the cow's like snuggling up to him like hey like, hey daddy <laughs> john's like oh this is a it's very like nice cow pushing her away yeah. like hey, I, no we don't know each other um oh we should mention there is another beat there that is um the sequence of the native american servant turning off all the candlelight mm. in the house and the the shot just kind of that i think that's the one shot that's like the on one, a like slider or a slider shot yeah no it actually you know it reminded me of you'll like this Ernest. it reminded me of the scene in roma that one yeah, shot that they I had thought where the they're just thing. kind of going around and it's just a shot that just kind of lingers there just like turning on every light or turning off every lamp yeah and that it just goes to the capitalism again it's like this dude can't even turn off his own fucking candlelight he has to have a servant to do it and it's a person of color and it's not a type of movie to like you know spend a lot of time on that which i think you know if you wanted to go there you could say that that is a fault of the movie that Mm -hmm. it introduces these native american characters and just kind of relegates them to the background for the most part but it's fine. Yeah. Like, I, it's not egregious. It's not trying yeah, to do and anything. Do, we, yeah. And we do have a Chinese lead. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and we're not. Yeah. And also, we're just not like watching a movie that is like you About, know, shoving anything at all in your face. Right? Yeah, it's no, just exactly. nice. yeah. It's 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 really not anything at all. It, in yeah. The nothing stories. is overt in this movie. Also, at all. wanted to give a shout out to Scott Shepard, who plays the captain who shows up uh, to um toby jones the chief's house man he is funny he is great um he's been in stuff like the young pope he was in bridge of spies a couple other smaller that that is a guy who you look at him and you're like yeah that's british yeah he he looks like charles dance like my guy tywin lannister (laughs) i i mean i really thought that uh when john mcgarrow first came on the scene on the screen with the beard i thought that it was shia labeouf Glad it wasn't. And, uh, yeah, that would have been a very different movie. Yeah, we would have had like a whole like monologue where he freaks out. It's just like I need the milk. Speaking of Cookie again, though, 
This movie joins the rare, rare, rare air of movies about bakers. Mm -hmm. This is the oh, best movie. That well, is that baking? No, no it's I mean it's cooking. Cook. But are we delineating? So you're yes. saying just bakers? I'm talking about strict. Well, I guess I guess he he's he fries. He's a deep fryer here. He's not technically. So we have uh, so we have chef. Yeah, chef waiting. <laughs> First cow. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, SpongeBob. I mean, Ratatouille's the the fucking king. This doesn't be Ratatouille for me, but it's. I mean, it's so different. It's like you can't even compare it. Yeah. I can you even think of another movie that revolves around a baker? Because I legitimately cannot. Bradley Cooper in Burnt. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. All right, there Never we go. That, that was the one. It wasn't your truth. <laughs> We don't have to have this discussion. No reservations was one. Every single Hallmark it's, Christmas movie is about a <laughs> Oh god. That's true. Yeah. I actually yeah. A Christian lawyer who moves home because her grandma died and Mary she inherited Kismas. her bake shop. Dude. All of them. Yeah. Every no, like twenty of them. Is this movie better than Merry Christmas? No. No. Shut the fuck up. Not even close. Merry Christmas is so much more beautifully shot than this. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly step it up. Merry Christmas would be better if they died like in a field. It's so, just it, <laughs> I I will say not right. so minute I, one. I love the choice to not show a uh, school shooter man uh, actually killing both of them. You see him uh, trailing, hunting, aiming. I just it. I want to have like one scene of that dude. Like, just give me like one die. He doesn't even say a line in the movie. It's great facial he, acting. It they is really everything. good facial it's, it's acting. It's great genetic acting. <laughs> he just he, He's the guy who goes berserk at the end of anything. I, I think I just wanted like just some other just a little 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 something. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe there's but, a scene where uh, Magaro's the only scene where he's getting too big for his britches and he's like, hey. Uh, maybe next week's chump, you know, <laughs> like, oh, dude. you just won't Where give he, a like, fucking oily cake. Yo, don't come like, to fort tomorrow. He, he busts into the bar with like his pistols up and he's like, I'm going to kill everyone in here. And the chief walks in and is like, save your bullets, save your bullet. <laughs> you only they only have one. You just yeah, have one. You takes like 16 yeah, you, minutes. You got a collateral damage. Those two dudes You yeah. gotta fucking go straight through the side. <laughs> He had to lay down. <laughs> I mean, I was honestly surprised to see him holding a gun. I thought he was going to go like tomahawk mm. or bow and arrow, you know, full like predator mode, just covered in mud, head to toe, naked, <laughs> yeah. just fucking hunting them. <laughs> what if he was like unrecognizable? Yeah. We're like, wait, who just killed him? Like, what? <laughs> what just happened? No, I actually, I really enjoyed how small he was. You know, this whole movie is small. The, yeah, it's a, small it's a little tiny movie. little movie, and like that is why to me it's like not like the greatest movie I've ever seen. Sure, but I really appreciated this movie. It made me feel good watching it, and that's I don't know. It's not There's so few movies now that do well, that, especially because that's uh, like that's not what you expect from a very visually oriented indie uh, period piece. Yeah, you're, you're not exactly. thinking, yeah, this is going to be sort of like lighthearted, like definitely tragic, but really it just kind of leaves you feeling like pretty good. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't leave just like I, th weeping. I thought we were like, I don't know, just based on like a 24, you know, I thought we were going to get something really like melodramatic like a big journey or, you know and the cow dies or something yeah or i even I, I didn't necessarily think it would go like in a full cliche route but something 
more stylized or athletic. I think it is. And it is stylized in a way, but not in an athletic way. It's not in a showy way. Nothing about this movie right. is. That's what we're saying is that right. it is so small and it is so kind Effortless. of it's so focused on realism. Yeah. Like that's just what this film is, is just a realistic port. Like everything about this movie feels like it happened. I just, I just keep thinking there's like these little moments, like just, the the moment where he's sitting down adjusting his boots and that's such like a like a long beat there <laughs> and you see his tattered clothes um and you think like man it probably took a lot of work to get those clothes to look like that to get <laughs> him to look like that and it's it's just a a quick little i mean it's not quick but it's just yeah it's not glorified he like realizes like oh my boots are too clean and like goes dirties him up and covers them yeah i uh oh no watch no my watch my watch my watch is yelling at me um yeah no i i really love the story what do we think uh school shooter man what do you think that he did with that money after after he killed them did he get it well, I mean, they were just carrying the money with I him. know, but are we, I mean, maybe Aaliyah Shawkat got it because oh, it's behind oh, yeah, his head. Just, maybe he just fucking shot it. I mean, he clearly just left them there. Maybe he didn't even really I don't loot. Re- now we got to go back and see if we can I, see a little bag there. I think that it, it's got to, Aaliyah Shawkat has got to be far enough in the future that those are just like scraps yeah, of like metal. Yeah, a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Like it can't it can't be anything substantial. I I, I, I must have really missed the the place in time that was established there. Like how what year are you thinking it is? When I, it I mean, just like based 20, on late 20th, early 21st century. OK, I yeah, I, I just missed that. That's my bad. The 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 boat was she was wearing like fairly contemporary clothes, like jeans and a T-shirt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could it could really be any year post like 1980. Yeah. So I was texting. <laughs> It's the joys of watching movies at home. Oh, God. This is the problem. This is the problem (laughs) with kids these days. They can't get off their dang phones. So Cookie's a baker, (laughs) and I wanted to eat those oily cakes. I said said real quick, I guarantee you Babish is going to make these on Binging with Babish. (sighs) The oily cakes are, are... you know, it's like it's like funnel cake. It's um, beignets. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, which are good. There's, There's another thing I wanted to shout out. It's the the scene where they're kind of chatting with the the Native American man in the house. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good scene. Um, another scene with movement where the camera sort of pans mm-hmm. as they walk up to the house. And they mention this thing about like beavers and how beavers used to live everywhere here in like cities, cities full of beavers. And that kind of got me thinking like, that so much of this movie is intentional with things like that. You know, they wouldn't put a line like that just because just to fill space. And I started picking out little things like that throughout the movie of things that feel like they're just a throwaway thing, but actually add to like a grander idea about what the world must have been like before it was heavily industrialized, before it was paved everywhere. Yeah. And, and and it just it paints a really good picture of that without like 
like we said, shoving it down your throat or anything. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, nobody would ever say that this movie is preachy in any way, but it does bring up themes. I mean, that's what's kind of important about the Captain character is that he shows up and he's just like, oh yeah, beavers are out in Paris. Now people are wearing, uh, like, shown, showing off their corsets and everything yeah, else. Yeah, like, who like, shit? But, like, <laughs> these whole, like, all this environments and all these habitats are being destroyed right now and then it's just like actually that fat is out now we're moving on to this thing that will also destroy something else in the environment and that's how it started yeah you know and then it just kind of snowballed from there of people just wanting more and more and more and more and it, it seems so harmless in this setting when you're still surrounded by nature basically living in nature and before you know it 150 years have gone by and the world is fucking hanging on by a thread. So I, I think that the movie is aware of these themes without like making it the front yeah. facing idea of the movie. I guess it is a prequel to first reformed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. part of the first CU. Yeah. <laughs> first cool, man. Enough. First man. There you go. Yeah. The first man is the sequel to both. Well, <laughs> I guess first man would be the middle piece. I mean, right. Which came first, the cow or the man, you know, finally answered by. Shit. Well, I'm I mean, yeah, there is a, there is a cow astronaut on the moon right now. Mm -hmm. And we love to milk it. We love to milk. it. Um, I guess. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's one of those things where. It almost reminds me of when we were doing our We Fought a Mic with Harry and his pitch to me for his version of a Fantastic Four movie had less in it than you guys' pitches. But it was like just enough that I was I allowed myself to imagine like, you know, the rest. And I was like, yeah, this is lovely. Like this, this is all I need. And if this movie had more to it and it was the right more, I think it would be better. I do. But what we got uh it, it like it makes the most of what it has in it, you know, so I can't complain yes, too much. Exactly. I like and I think that, that because of that, it's it it's one of those that would probably lend itself really, really well to rewatches. Yeah. Especially because, you know, now knowing what it does, you don't feel this strange lost feeling in the in the first 20 or so minutes and you can fully let yourself uh kind of pay attention to other things yeah. that you could have let go while you were kind of uh confused so i think that that because of that it's a movie that just had it will kind of reveal its layers oh my god this, I don't, iphones my iPads, watches, i don't know anymore my watch is it, it just keeps wanting to hop in on this podcast but yeah no i i agree with what you're saying or is that i think that the minimalist nature of this film is going to age beautifully. And I I don't really think, based on the two films I've seen from Kelly Reichard, she doesn't seem like a very plot-heavy person. And you know what? I kind of appreciate that. In a world that's like all about, let's plot out yeah. a very convoluted and messy story and then set up sequels. I like films like this. They're just like, let's just sit back, yeah, take a knows meet, what just it take is. you well, on a little ride. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, it feels rare to get something like this nowadays. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie that was so like, just kind of easy. 
Yeah. You know, it, regardless of the confusion at the beginning, it's yeah, it's it doesn't demand a lot from you. No, because it's not. Yeah, it's not like it's it does a very effective job of building tension when it wants to. But that tension isn't going to like make you fucking shake because that's not the type of movie it is. I guess you're not you're not that invested in like seeing this through. You, I mean, you know, they're going to die yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, like if if there was more and it was the right more, that'd be great. But uh, with what we got, she did exactly, I think, what she wanted to do for sure. I think it plays around well with the idea that, you know, they're going to die. You know, mm. like when when the shit goes down and and they have to run. I think that that happens at a crucial point in the movie where you're just like, OK, here we go. I needed this sort of clear act break here to take us in a new direction in the story and the fact that they get separated you're automatically thinking like okay so are they going to come back together and die together or did we see somebody else that those bones were like it it keeps you engaged enough cow bones oh i'm i'm so glad that cow's still alive yeah um still alive to this day no i uh her name yeah. is Eve the cow, by oh, the way. Oh, Eve? Oh, yeah. good job by Eve. Very good. So good. I She's mean, beautiful. sweetie. It's going to be guys. tough for her to win Best Animal over uh, Rami Malik as the gorilla in Doolittle. She mm. has um, but a headshot on Letterboxd. <laughs> oh, she does? Oh, my God. What, what a, a very sweetheart. good gal. Great wow. eyes on that cow. Her first credit. Oh. May she have a great career. Yeah. Good for her. This does make a lot of sense for if a 24 were to put out a movie on VOD, something that they were very against for a long time for them to choose this and keep something like say the green Knight, keep that on the shelf until theaters reopen because David Lowry, David Lowry, but also the green Knight is more of, I mean, epic. Yeah, it has more epic tones. I don't know a ton about it because I've tried to actively avoid stuff, but it is about some kind of King Arthur shit and going on a big grand quest and things like that, where this story is small enough that one, it works pretty well on VOD and two, not sure how much money it would have made the box office because this isn't even something like the lighthouse that has star power to it. And it's also not something like uh, like Moonlight where, you know, you watch it and you're like, oh, everyone needs to watch this right now, please. You know, like I saw Moonlight and I was like, okay, we're going to delete the A24 bracket (laughs) episode and fucking redo that whole thing. (laughs) <laughs> like it doesn't like insist upon itself like it's yeah. not it's not just like this preternaturally like important work of art it's just a, a good movie you know and uh yeah we love it i wish i wish i could eat those little oily cakes right now mm. um okay well i think that about does it for our review of first cow you think they were fucking not the cow the other two i don't no. think so uh, no i think that i think that cookie might have milked a little bit extra on the cow (laughs) not the cow hunter okay this reminds me though there is a moment when i think it's maybe the second or third time that they're milking the cow where they hold on uh king lou yes waiting for him to be it happens a couple of times and those are the shots i was talking about where it's like he's longing for something i think yeah like Mm -hmm. like because the cookie's out there having an intimate moment milking this cow i think he's not a part of it yeah he's definitely longing because 
The other like natural plot line that it could have taken is King Lou exploiting Cookie's labor, like exploit, you know, and it doesn't really go that way. Yeah, like, I mean that they that are business be, partners. So. That would be too obvious. I, yeah, exactly. But that's there's what I'm saying, another like, version of this movie that like goes to San Francisco and they start no, the Airbnb, and that's that's and, like, <laughs> and that sucks. Like we don't want that. But that's I'm just saying that I think the only read of those shots is longing for love. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. Those are the only ones that defy what I said earlier about yeah. like how it can just be friendship. Yeah, I, I mean, we make jokes about the longingness, but I think that it's really it's just two dudes who are very much alone in this world. Yes, and they sound exactly. kind of family with each other. I mean, Cookie is completely alone. Both his parents King Lou died. Is whenever we're introduced to him, he said that they killed his friend. The Russians killed yeah. his friend. That's why he killed. So he has nobody in his life, and both of them just kind of need some sort of human connection and also you know there's a solid chance that like a romantic love is so far off of the table for them like it's not a possibility they cannot exist in society while being together that they might as well just not even broach the subject you know and they might as well just like love each other yeah i think at a certain point like obviously we all have this biological need to procreate but i think that when you're kind of roughing it so hard to just stay alive that sort of tends to supersede it just like being with another person to have a better chance at survival i think that that takes priority over like mm-hmm. that biological need to like be yeah attracted it's, it's literally a domestic partnership yeah exactly. like in the literal sense of like the, the practical way and it's sense. lovely it's not like dramatic or you know anything yeah, like that and neither is first cow so check it out um yeah so now that does it for first cow i feel like we could we could find more little things to dig into yeah forever. there's so much about this really delightful we movie. just I'm we gonna just go. saw it so it's did like did you still buy mulling. it or did you rent it i rented it but i feel like i should have bought it <laughs> <laughs> i think i might i might go home in the next few days and buy it because i want to i want to revisit this film yeah because really like it just it just kind of thinking about it it's like i would just put this on in the background and just like glance up from the work i'm doing and just be like oh, that looks nice <laughs> yes <laughs> you know it's just so so pleasant to look at oh, all right thanks for listening everybody next week we're hoping to jump into hunters um Oscar watch through. I think I'm sick that week, actually. For uh, <laughs> the silence of the lambs. He puts the podcast on repeat. He oh, does no. that when it's I'm, I'm here for that. I thought we were going to get a whole app of just you recapping every That's year. at the end. Oh, no, we're going to do that. That's at the very end? Yeah, no. Just you ready. I already have categories and everything. You, you should just like. Top 10 Boston Oscar winners. <laughs> Just read all of your letterbox reviews in order. (laughs) That could be great. (laughs) People don't read anymore, so I might as well just do that. You just being like, yeah, this one was bad. I wrote (laughs) I wrote down some other ones that we could jump into. I'm so if you guys want to, uh, we could try. We could do a whole Lord of the Rings episode because uh, that's coming up. pretty I I need to revisit those with a more serious eye because I never watch those seriously. Masterpieces. Very good. There's also Forrest Gump. Uh, there is also Crash. I'm not going to watch. Let's do a Crash, Crash episode, boys. I think because you know that I love watching bad movies, but I think watching that at this current time, I think would really <laughs> fucking make my blood boil. Yeah, yeah it's oh, going to it's going to be ugly. I kind of can't wait for it. Brave, Braveheart. 
I loved it as a kid. I'm sure it's not going to go great now. Um, you wait. love like a Mel Gibson, Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland, like just like, you love like assholes. <laughs> what can I say? Speaking Love of me. assholes, Tom Brady, <laughs> James Tom Cameron, Cruise kind of fits in there. James Cameron, Titanic, <laughs> Jim Cam. I'll watch Titanic. Yeah, I like Titanic. Sure. Yeah, Why I not? could revisit. It's not my like we're Jim getting Cam we're not getting story. a ton of new movies coming out in the next little bit. God, so Titanic is such like I had the perception of it in middle school was just so like oh dude no that movie sucks. <laughs> And it's just like a good, like really like melodramatic, well, like, it's, too long, extravagant it's, movie. It's just like it's I good. think, well, everybody turned on James Cameron after he won the Oscar. He went up on stage and said, I'm the king of the world. And people were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Who is this guy? Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Well, it's also like a boy's thing to be like, no, nah, dude, Titanic is like, yeah, yeah that's like it's, girls it's a fucking girls movie. Yeah. And it's just actually like a beautiful, gorgeous, great made. It's great. fucking James Cameron. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's way huge. It's just like a massive fucking movie. Yeah. And it's in the good way to me yeah you know that part's debatable but it's just it's big and it's not like marvel it's it's one of those movies that like was so overrated that it it then became underrated no absolutely that's exactly now i guess that's that's exactly what i was searching to say yeah exactly what it is it's like properly rated now yeah i I think i would say it's people find so many ways to hate on things that are good so don't hate first hey, cow we people. would never we would never do that so watch we bought a zoo um a lovely movie that everyone seems to like and i need, we must as well because you brought it up i need to say this on the podcast now <laughs> before we end but based on my uh listening to the blank check podcast they pointed out the fact that like when you're going to buy a house when you're looking through houses and your realtor hands you a zoo you don't say, oh, let's check it out. The listing, that piece of paper had to say zoo on it. Exactly. That's <laughs> I'm exactly sorry. What, that's exactly what the blank check guys were saying. They're saying like, so, so does it say like washer dryer included? I think, I think there's that, a well, tiger patio in the back. That's what I'm saying. I think that on Microsoft Word, there's a whole different template for zoo <laughs> listings well, rather than house. Like I mean, they should be the biggest, boldest thing at the yeah. top of the page. Well, very notably, we don't see it, but the daughter pulls that paper out of the binder that just says zoo properties. Yeah, and then she that's sees, why it's not in the other binder. And she sees zoo and she kind of like tears that little shred Daddy. off of the paper. Yeah, she's like, oh, I ate it. Oops, because she wants the zoo. So does this open up the possibility of other like financial establishments attached to houses? I th- like here's, well, here's an apartment and like it comes with a hospital. Ernest, you are talking about a universe of movies that doesn't exist yet, though it should. I'm here for it. We yeah, we bought a bank. Yeah, like, it's just like oh, this is also a bank. He's like oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, like yeah. giving out money. They're to like, why is this place cost um ten billion dollars? Yeah, we, we bought a hospital. <laughs> I mean, just I'm like sewing up fucking bullet wounds, <laughs> doing surgery. <laughs> I'm here for like the we bought a podcast studio mm, like yeah. here's here's like a shitty like RV a bunch. Yeah. A bunch of 20 something white dudes are going to show up every day. <laughs> just a different group of them to record and you're going to hate everything you hear. <laughs> and like Matt Damon's on a laptop like uh, sound speeds. I don't know. What am I saying? <laughs> they never said why the zoo was for sale in the first place because he died. Was- Oh, really? Yeah, the, the old owner died, didn't he? So you, is that, that how that works? like gone from my conscience. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't have a will or anything. No, he didn't, yeah, he didn't give it to nobody. Like, 
they just they just like email like uh like fucking Keller Williams or like hey this dude died so can you just like put his zoo on like Zillow mm-hmm. Zulo <laughs> mm-hmm. all right Zillow. we gotta go we gotta go <laughs> thanks for listening thanks for donating Brian and Brett you can also donate at anchor fm slash we bought a mic follow us rate us review us share recommend uh like subscribe we're gonna do another episode about we bought a zoo i can feel it already. milk that cow <laughs> there's so much milk that cow every 10 episodes let's do an episode on we bought a zoo i feel so sorry for those animals man i hope this cow was fucking treated well it better have <laughs> no that's a, that, nowadays things are better for the cinema animals i would like to think Except yeah, I've for, seen except a, for that one, uh, like a dog's purpose or whatever. Oh, is that the yeah? Abuse? That's the one. I think. Where, yeah. I, yeah, I think that was the one like multiple like, dogs died while they were filming that. Yeah. and yeah, no, I there's definitely some older films I've been watching lately where like a horse gets shot and you're like, oh no, they definitely just full on shot a horse. They did not Jeez. have the capabilities oh to recreate God. that. What? Yeah. And they gave it Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> what? I I think that that Dennis Quaid dog movie. I think that he did some like uh, Kubrick style, like psychological torture to the dog. Like if it messed up a take, he'd like slap it. <laughs> just Dennis, wow. Dennis Quaid just doing like, no, another take. Like a hundred takes. The dog's like, please. No. Did you guys see the fucking Harrison Ford movie with the CGI dog? I did not that you saw the movie, the, but you know oh, yeah, what? Yeah. Um, but it was a the Disney art of movie. racing. Yeah, right. Uh, it was uh, the call of the wild. Yeah. Call of the wild. Oh, art of awesome. racing in the rain was the Dennis Quaid. Was it? I don't fucking. It. Wasn't my Disney brain also melting. in the Dog's Purpose sequel? No, my point is that <laughs> it's the Denison. They people. got a human to do the mocap of the dog. Yes, that that is one of the more <laughs> egregious things I've seen in a long time. That dog is just straight up a person. It's so it's so ugly. And like Harrison Ford is acting with like you know some like Twinkie PA in a morph suit. <laughs> With a bunch of dots on his face. <laughs> and they're like staring at each other lovingly like, kid, you call that wild inside my heart. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the, I want to make you a believer. The PA keeps like saying lines. And it's like, no, you don't. You're a dog. You don't talk. <laughs> you know, apparently Harrison Ford refused to leave Los Angeles to film that movie. Nice. And it's like, dude, we're like <laughs> in like the in fucking Alaska, we're supposed to be like in the Arctic. He only, I think that his family like won't let him leave because whenever he, he leaves his house, he there. crashes his plane <laughs> into like fucking Nebraska. Just like into a state. He yeah. just can't stop. Oh, Harrison. He's addicted to crashing a plane. <laughs> He's ad- Oh my God. It's like secondhand lions. Like he wants to die upside down. Yeah. Crashing into a barn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He saw secondhand lines and he was like, dude, that, yeah. that's I was thinking I was thinking also, it's like death proof. Like he's like following like <laughs> girls. With his plane. Just, why does he have to be following yeah. girls? Where did that come from? <laughs> what the fuck? Because he's just like he just like gets off on just like following Jesus girls. Christ. First cow. Oh. I we got to end this podcast. <laughs> right, this bye. podcast has bye. to bye. Bye. Bye.